I am so glad that we serve a God who is alive and he is with us, that he knows us, he cares about us. He's not oblivious to what's going on in our world. He's not oblivious to what's going on in your life. Aren't you glad that he sees you and he knows you and he knows just what you need? I'm also glad that his word is a living word, that it speaks directly into our lives. And I believe today that as we look at Psalm 46, that you're going to recognize that God is speaking right into your life, right into your situation. And he has something profound that he wants to say to you. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to know that he is for you, not against you. And that he's got a great plan for your life. I just want to ask you this morning, are you ready to hear? Are you ready to receive his word? Would you pray with me right now? And would you invite God to soften your heart, to open your ears so that you could hear and receive all that he wants you to hear and receive today? God, we thank you again for your word. We thank you, God, for your presence. Lord, we, we acknowledge that you are a good God, a faithful God. And Lord, we also acknowledge today that you are a personal God. We, we see that in your word, and many of us, we have experienced that firsthand. And so, God, I pray that today, Lord, as we come to your word, Lord, that you would indeed open our ears to hear what you want us to hear. Lord, and more than just our ears to hear, would you open our hearts to experience your word, experience your love, experience you as a personal God. Lord, we want to know you more intimately. God, we want to have a heart connection with you like we haven't had before. Lord, would you help us to do that today as we open our lives to your word? Shape us and change us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, Psalm 46 is where we're going to find ourselves today. We're going to work through all 11 verses that we find in that psalm and so hopefully you're ready you've got your coffee next to you you got your bible or your device in your hand i'm reading from the esv english standard version and it reads like this god is our refuge and strength amen i hope that that right there out of the gate encourages you this morning a very present help in trouble therefore we will not fear. Did you hear that? We will not fear. That's a declaration. There's no wondering or question there. It's a declaration and one of confidence. Because God is our refuge, our strength, a very present help in trouble, therefore we will not fear. Though the earth gives way, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, Though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. We're going to get to Selah in a few minutes. But verse 4, it goes on to say, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her when morning dawns. The nations rage, the kingdoms totter, he utters his voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress, Selah. Come, behold the works of the Lord, how he has brought desolations on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. 
be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. I hope just the reading of Psalm 46 has already encouraged you, that it's already inspiring you. It's already turning your attention to who God is and what his promises are for his people. This morning, I want to look at a few things from Psalm 46. And like I said, we're going to get to the Selah and I'll, I'll bring some explanation, although there's not a lot of explanation. There are some, some theories and some ideas around it, but uh, we'll, we'll get to that in just a minute because I know some of you, as we were reading, you're like, Selah, what is that? Maybe you've heard it before and wondered what it is, or maybe uh, you've never heard it before, but we read it three times in Psalm 46. But before we get to that, I want us to start at the very beginning, the declaration of God. Three things are declared of God in that very first verse. The first one is that he is our refuge, our refuge, a hiding place. A refuge can also be uh, mean the one whom you flee to. I know oftentimes when we think of fleeing from something, uh, it's just that. It's that we're fleeing away from something. But where or who are we fleeing to? And it says that God is our refuge. He's the one whom we flee to. Funny little illustration for that. Um, I have two boys, as many of you know, 16-year-old Caden and 13-year-old Karsten. Of course, Caden uh, a little bit bigger than Karsten. And, and recently, there have been a lot of uh, towel snapping fights in our house. It's all fun and games. And, um, and sometimes Caden begins to overpower Karsten, and Karsten begins to get a little fearful, anxious, and, and recognizing that he's, he's not going to win this battle. Sometimes he will run and find refuge behind me. If I'm in the room, sometimes he'll run and use me as a shield or as a guard. And, and, and that's the picture that we have of this declaration of God. That as we're fleeing from something, as fear arises, as anxiety comes, as we feel overwhelmed, that as we're fleeing away from something, that we are not fleeing hoping to find a refuge, but that God is our refuge. I hope that that picture that we're painting this morning is one that brings hope and encouragement to you. You have a God who is your refuge, your hiding place, your shield in a time of trouble. And so we, we, we love to, to, to know that, to hear that. What, what I want you to understand is that there's a, a confident declaration in who God is by the psalmist. And I want to ask you this morning, can you make that same declaration that your God, can you say it for yourself, my God is my refuge. I hope that you can. And if you can't, if you're not certain about that, I hope that by the time we're done today, that as I pray a prayer over you, that you would have that confidence in who God is in your life. The second thing that is declared about God is that he is our strength. We talked about strength in weakness a couple weeks ago. Some of you are not real fans of the idea of being weak, but the reality is this. As we are weak, he is made strong. It's in our weaknesses that God's strength can be at its best, at its greatest in our lives. This this psalm doesn't say that God will make you strong. It doesn't, it doesn't say that, that, that God will uh, come and give you strength, but rather it says God is our strength. Our strength doesn't come from ourselves. Our strength comes 
from God. Some of you need to stop trying to be strong and let God be strong for you. Ooh, somebody needed to hear that this morning. The third thing that is declared there is that he is a very present help in trouble. How many of you know we got plenty of trouble in our world today, plenty of trouble to go around. And today, some of you needed to hear that he is present with you and he's a help for you in that trouble. I love that, that, that the psalmist included very. And if you go back to the original uh, language there, the word very is ma'od. And it, it, I love it because that word ma'od in its original context, it means exceedingly, abundantly. In other words, there's no lack. And so when we put that into context of this Psalms, there is no lack of presence, the presence of God to help you in your time of trouble. What that means to me is that we don't have to call God up and say, God, can you come help me? No, he's already present in the midst of our trouble. I hope that this is encouraging you this morning. I know I've said that many times, but I'm encouraged. God is building my hope in who he is. I know it's easy to get your eyes on the challenge, to get your eyes on the trouble and the problems that are all around us. But the reality is this, God is your refuge. He is your strength, and he is very present and a help in time of trouble. In verses 2 and 3, the psalmist goes on to, to say, therefore. We know that in scripture, it's important for us that anytime we read the words, uh, the word therefore, that we everything that is going to follow that word therefore is dependent or is founded on the things that were preceding. So because God is your Refuge, God is your strength, God is your very help, present help in time of trouble. Because of that, we will not fear. It's another declaration in the midst of this song, this psalm. And, and it's a beautiful one because there's no fear there. There's no anxiety there. There's no uh, concern that, that we cannot have this uh, lack of fear, this absence of fear. No, it's a, it's a confident declaration that because of who God is, we will not fear. Some of you may be going, well, I'm just not so sure about this because I'm still struggling with fear. I'm still dealing with fear. So what's wrong with me? Pastor Doug, I, I believe those things about God. I, I, I have a knowledge of who God is in my life, and yet I'm still living in fear because of what's going on around me. Well, I, I want you to understand that what I read and what I find in Psalm 46 is that the psalmist who wrote this had a knowledge and an awareness of who God is that goes beyond just a head knowledge. This psalmist had an experience of who God is, a knowledge, a heart knowledge that helped bring confidence that, listen, we don't have any reason to fear because of who God is. And I hope, I pray that if you're not already in that place, if you have not experienced that in your own life, that today God would take you from a head knowledge of who he is to a heart knowledge and that you would experience him. I believe that one of the ways that that happens is through this pause that we're talking about. We're going to get to that in a moment. But, you know, what we read in verses 2 and 3 by the psalmist is uh, worst case scenario. And so he's, he's making this declaration that we will not fear, though the earth gives way. I mean, what's more frightening than the earth giving way? 
though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea. Can you imagine watching that happen? Watching a mountain crumble and fall into the sea? I, I don't know about you, but I think some anxiety would begin to rise in me if I was observing that. And so the psalmist paints this picture of worst case scenario on the heels of making the declaration, we will not fear. He goes on to say that, the, uh, though the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, Selah. And that's the first Selah that we come to. And this word Selah is, uh, although the meaning of it is not certain, uh, biblical uh, theologians, biblical scholars, they, they've studied this. And what we, what we find is that this word Selah appears 74 times in Scripture. Almost all of those in the Psalms. Uh, there's a few in Habakkuk, but uh, all, almost all of them in the Psalms. And so because of that, there's a pretty good indication that this is likely some type of musical term. Uh, I know some of you who are mus musical, you know that there are terms that many people are not familiar with, but they're there for a reason, and they communicate something in the midst of the music. And, and most uh, biblical scholars believe that that word selah was some kind of pause fitting for today, amen? Pause or interlude. Uh, many, many of those scholars actually believe that the idea is that the singers need to stop singing at that point, that the musicians will continue on, and that perhaps the pause that is there, that is communicated there, is that the, the, the writer of the psalm wants you to consider to contemplate what was just said. Pause long enough so that you don't just breeze over it, but think about what was just said. Now listen, even though we can't say with certainty that that's what the Selah means in Scripture, can I just tell you that any time that we choose to pause to contemplate the Word of God, it's a good thing. Certainly not a bad thing. It never hurts to pause and consider what we have just read, to contemplate, to allow that to get in our hearts so that we don't just read over the words, but that we begin to know how to apply it to our lives and what it means for us. And so we've got this word Selah on the tail end of, of this declaration of who God is, a declaration of that because of who he is, we will not fear. And then worst case scenario, listen guys, even though it's bad, we will not fear because of who God is. I love that. Verses 4 through 7, we're going to look at now, and, and I want us to recognize that what we find here as we begin to look a little deeper is that in verses 4 through 7, we begin to see the reason for the confidence that the psalmist has, and it can be your reason for confidence today as well. In, verse, uh, in, in, in verses 4 through 7, uh, we, we find four things about God. Number one, uh, actually, let me pause for a second. Good, good time for a pause. Uh, the, the reason for confidence comes from what I just talked about a moment ago. The psalmist has a knowledge. Uh, 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 the, the psalmist is conscious, becomes, there's a conscience, consciousness that comes um, a, as the psalmist acknowledges and knows, not again, not just head knowledge, but heart knowledge, experiential knowledge of who God is and what God declares about himself and the truth of that. And so I want us to look at, at a few of those things. The first one that we find is the nearness of God. 
a, a, a conscientiousness of the nearness of God. We, we, find, uh, we found it before when the psalmist declared that he is a very present help in times of trouble. And so that, that communicates that he is present, that he is near to us. He's not far off. We don't have to call and then wait for him to come. No, he is present with us. And then in verse 5, we read this. It says, God is in the midst of her. If we back up just a little bit, it talks about a river whose streams make glad the city of God. That city of God is referencing the people of God, the church of God. It's referencing you and me as the body of Christ. And, and it says that there is a river whose streams make glad the, the city of God. That's, that's us. And, and then he goes on to say that God is in the midst of her. In the midst of her. And this, this word midst is not just like present around us, but in us. In the midst of you. Jesus in John 15 says that I am the vine, you are the branches, and if you abide or remain in me. It's the same concept there. God doesn't want to just walk beside you. He wants to be in you. And that's what it, the psalmist is saying. There's a, a presentness. There is a, an all-encompassing in you that God has for us. He wants to be both with us and in us. And so we recognize this nearness of God and that helps bring confidence that, that helps us not to fear no matter what's going on around us. The earth moved. Listen, God didn't move. The mountains were shaken. Guess what? God wasn't shaken. Things fell, but guess what? God didn't fall. And he won't fall. He won't be shaken. He won't be moved. And if he's in you, if he's among you, in your midst, guess what? There's security in that that brings confidence for us to declare, I will not be afraid. I, I have confidence in God. And he is with me. He is near me. The second thing that we find about uh, God, this awareness, this knowledge, this conscientiousness is of the power of God. And we find it in verse 6. It says, the nations rage kingdoms totter he utters his voice the earth melts listen where do you find anything more powerful than a voice causing the earth to melt there is a power that is in god that exists nowhere else god with his voice with his words spoke all of creation spoke the universe into existence and at his voice the earth melts. That God is with you. That God is for you. That God sees you, knows you. And that for that reason, we do not need to be afraid. Amen. I, I know that this is, this scripture is encouraging me. I believe that it's encouraging you as well, but let's keep moving this morning. So we've got, we've got the nearness of God. We've got the power of God that is recognized, acknowledged. There's an awareness of that bringing confidence. And then thirdly, actually I'm going to give you three and four together. There is both a greatness and a smallness of God that is communicated in verse 7. It says, the Lord of hosts. What hosts? We're going to get to that in a moment. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. And then another Selah. Pause. Let's think about this. Let's contemplate this. So we have the Lord of hosts. The Lord of what host? The Lord of, uh, of, of heaven's armies, the, the, the host of heaven. 
Not only that, the sun, the moon, the stars, all of creation. He is the Lord of hosts, and he is with us. He's with you. There's a, there is a greatness that exceeds anything else that we will ever know or experience so much further beyond our own experience that God brings into our lives. And the conscientiousness of that should bring you confidence that he is your refuge, your strength, that he is a very present help in trouble. And then there's also a smallness that is communicated there. And, and when I say smallness, I'm not talking about weakness. What I'm talking about when we talk about this smallness is a personal God. Because what it says is the God of Jacob. Now, it, the psalmist could have said the, the God of Israel. We read that he's the God of Israel over and over again through scripture. But no, he, the psalmist doesn't say the God of Israel. He says the God of Jacob. What does that communicate to us? That he is a personal God. He was God to Jacob, an individual just like you. God loves you just like he loved Jacob, just like he walked with Jacob, just like he was with Jacob. He is with us. And so there's a personal side of God that we become aware of and it builds confidence in us. Again, followed by the Selah, the pause perhaps, if that's what it means. And just in case there, there is not uh, enough convincing about Selah meaning pause and the power of the pause, uh, there, the very, in just a few, few verses later, in verses 10 and 11, the conclusion of this psalm, we read the, the words that many of us are familiar with, and it is this, this declaration, be still, pause, stop, be still, and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Selah. Pause. Stop. The words be still there mean cease striving. Stop trying. Stop, stop trying to do. Just pause. Just be still and know that I am God. Again, not just a head knowledge. Many of you have that head knowledge, but do you have the experience of God in personal relationship with you that brings confidence that can help you not to fear in times of trouble? You know, if we wanted to... Uh, um, translated into stronger language, which many uh, commentators that, that I read on this passage believe that this is strong language. It, it's definitely uh, an imperative. It's a command. It doesn't say, well, you know, if you, if you feel like you need to be strong, be strong, or if you need to feel like you need to be still, be still. No, it says be still as a command. And so some theologians, some scholars would say, Really, if you want to uh, put it in present-day English language, it's, he's saying, shut up and know. Just sh quiet, hush everything around you. There's so much noise in the world today. Can I just encourage you, since we're talking about pause? I, I know that some of you have received, you're filling your minds and your hearts with so much information, so much noise that you're struggling to hear the voice of God. Can I encourage you to press pause on the media? Can I encourage you to press pause on all the information overload? I know it's good to be informed. I'm not saying don't be informed, but you've got enough information. 
Trust me, the information is going to change. And, and when it does change, you'll hear eventually. But don't go seeking it out. Don't make it the priority when you wake up in the morning before you go to bed at night. Many of us are doing that. And I, I actually want to read uh, an excerpt from just a few uh, sentences from this book, Sacred Rhythms. Sacred Rhythms by Ruth Haley Barton. Great book. I've, I've shared from it before. Uh, but, but in a part of this, in one of the chapters of Sacred Rhythms, in the chapter called Solitude... Um, she says this, uh, if we are not careful, technology has a way of compromising our ability to be present to ourselves, to God, and to each other. I hope you're hearing that. Selah, pause, take that in. If you need to, back the video up and listen to it again. All of which are fundamental elements of the spiritual life. So being present to ourselves, present to God, and present to each other all fundamental elements to the spiritual life. She goes on to say, I am disturbed by my own compulsion to check email late at night and first thing in the morning. When, I left, uh, when left unchecked, this lack of discipline uh, imperceptibly robs me of the rest of the evening and the silent presence to God in the morning. I can become exhausted by the intrusion of the media and technology into every corner of my life, resulting in the constant overstimulation of body, mind, and emotion. All of this convenience wears me out. And if we are worn out because we are inundated with information and technology, then guess what? We don't leave anything to be present with God, present to ourselves, and present to each other. God declares, be still and know that I am God. I, I want to challenge you this morning. You know, there's a, there's, I, I've, I've said this myself. Somebody might refer to someone, uh, let's just use uh, Haile Gabriel Selassie for, for an example. Uh, I know him. I, I met him. Uh, he shared birthday, a birthday cake with me, thanks to some of my community group friends. We, we came together. He sang happy birthday to me, one of the highlights of my life. I know Haile Gabriel Selassie, but I, I don't know him. Why? Because I, I have not had the time to be in his presence and to hear his voice and to really, truly know him. I can read the book about him and know of him, but to truly know him, I would need to spend time with him. And can I just challenge you that some of you this last week, after last Sunday's message about the power of the pause, and we talked about how many things are on pause in our lives today, many of you uh, in conversation said, you know, I'm not sure that my, I feel like my life is on pause. My life is more crazy now than it has been before COVID. And, and I want to just encourage all of us, whether you feel that way or you do feel like life is on pause right now, can I encourage you that there is a power in the pause that we need to insert the pause that we don't just wait for God to press pause but that we press pause that we press pause on the things that are distracting that we press pause on the things that that grab our attention so that we can still our hearts so that we can be still and come to a knowing not just a head knowledge but a heart knowledge a knowing that he is God because as we come to that knowledge guess what 
we can say with confidence that he is our refuge, he is our strength, and he is a very present help in trouble. Whatever trouble you may be feeling, whatever anxiety you may be feeling, with the knowledge of that, you can declare like the psalmist did, because, therefore, I will not be afraid. I want to encourage you to pause, even today, even right now, to take a pause, to be still, to, to hush the, the distractions, to hush the media, to hush all of the, the things that are inundating our minds and our hearts and our lives, and to be still before God so that we can know Him, so that we can allow Him to speak into our lives. Would you push pause? Push pause on everything. And be still in the presence of God. Allow him to speak into you. Not just today, but every day. I want to remind you about the, the challenge that we brought to the church several months ago. The daily 20. To take 20 minutes of your day to do four things. Number one, to just worship God. To just express your heart to him. And however that needs to look and sound. To just worship God for who he is. And then secondly, to get in his word. His word is alive and it will speak to your life and your circumstances. Read his word and then spend time in prayer. Ask God for the list of things that are on your heart and on your mind expressed in your own words, in your own heart, your prayers. The Bible says in all things, in prayer and petition, present your requests to God. And then the fourth thing is really the pause, to stop, to listen, to be still before God and to allow him to speak. Allow his presence to be known in your life. It'll change everything. It'll change your day. It'll change your mood. It will change your perspective. Allow the pause to be a time where God can get, get your attention, get your heart, and come in and change everything about every day. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you, God, for these words, this declaration of who you are. We know it to be true. And God, I pray that those who only know it as head knowledge, that today, that as they pause today and in the future, Lord, that they would have a heart knowledge and experience with you to know the presence of an almighty God. And Lord, may your presence shape us and change us. Lord, I pray, God, that it would carry us through these challenging times. Lord, may it not just carry us through, but God, may the presence of a living God change us to be the people that you want us to be. And Lord, may it show through our lives. I pray that the people around us would see a difference in us because we have taken time to pause, to be still, and to know you are God. Lord, I pray that it would change us so drastically that the people around us would not be able to help but see you in us. God, may it impact our, our lives. May it impact our families. May it impact our city and nation. May it impact the globe. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We love you. We believe in you. God bless. Have a great week.